Hey, hey, welcome back to the Giddy Up Podcast. Today, I am talking with Lindsay Bowshears, and I venture to say, if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, you've at least heard a little bit about Lindsay's story. Um, Lindsay contracted COVID-19, leading to COVID pneumonia in early 2022, and she spent six weeks in the hospital and rehabilitation. The doctors gave her a 50% chance of survival after being put on the ECMO machine, and she is now a walking miracle. Um, Lindsay, thank you so much for agreeing to share your story, uh, your walking testimony, and I know so many will have their faith enhanced by hearing what you've gone through. Hi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and I'll start by, uh, Lindsay's my people because she's like, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that so much because I was still trying to get ready and get with it. Like I took cash to school. He's supposed to be there at nine. He got there at 930. You so know. that's just what we do. And I was like, sorry, we're getting later and later. And she's like, it's into the year. I was like. We've been late every day since the beginning, but right, that's know? how I live my life. So you're a 10 minute Me late too. person? Always. Me too. Does it bother you that you're late? I've just accepted it. Me too. Why do you think you're late? Do you think it's like you try to do too many things? Time management? I just like to sleep and I just oversleep always. And so you wait till the last second and then you're to like... To get up. Mm-hmm. And then, like, are you so for me, it's like my bed's going to be made before I leave the house, even right. if that means I'm going to be late. Like, yeah, I'm the same way. Because I'm not going to leave my house in disarray to be on time for somebody else. Right. Because that messes me up. Right. For the whole day. Right. I can't do And that. then I'm coming home to that. Right. They're not. So, right. okay. Yeah, you're my people. Yeah, you're my people. Page. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll just start by, like, give us a little bit about you. I'm assuming you're from Columbia, right? Yes. You're from uh-huh. Columbia. Um, yeah. And did you, when did you graduate from Central? You went to Central or CA? Oh, I went to Central. Okay. So, I've been here my whole life. I graduated from Central in 2008, um, went to Columbia State for two years, and then two years at MTSU. Oh, okay. So, graduated um, there, was it 2013, I think. Did you know what you wanted to do, like, after high school? Like, you knew what you wanted to go to college for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did. I've always known I wanted to be a teacher, but um, I didn't know I wanted to, like, continue education after I started teaching. That kind of was new, but. Did you do the 2 plus 2 program with Columbia State and MTSU, or did you just, you went to Columbia State and then you went off to MTSU? I, I kind of did my own version oh, okay. of 2 plus 2. I did Columbia State for two years, and then I went, I was enrolled at MTSU, but I set up my schedule so that I only had to commute like two days out of the week. Yeah, because I know that's kind of... I went to Columbia State, and then I went to MTSU for something totally different. For music yeah. business is what I went to. Really? Yeah. Which is kind of where I should have been paying attention to this whole audio engineering yeah, thing. Yeah, y'all should see her in these headphones. She's so cute. <laughs> I'm very official. You are. Um, but that's when I should have been paying attention to this whole like audio engineering thing, and I didn't. But I only lasted... Well, I think I did that for a year, because I wanted to work in like country music. Like I wanted to be like a business person and yeah I could see you doing and that and I wanted to do that but I was afraid to like go to Nashville every day I was that made me scared so then I was like I can't do this and I did not like MTSU because it was just huge yeah and so um because I lived like middle ways I lived just as close to there as I do or closer there than I did to Columbia State uh-huh. but um then when I found out Carrie and I was I well no no I did not know her yet then I found out that they had the two plus two program and I was like <laughs> That's something I can do at Col- in Columbia. Like, I want to do that. Like, whatever. Right. So I'll be a teacher. Right. <laughs> so, sure. And so that's what I did. And I feel like that's where I probably knew you from some, like, probably Columbia State and then just Columbia. But yeah. I was trying to remember if it was Columbia State or if it was like the in service teaching days. Maybe. Maybe. Because where did you start teaching first? Highland Park. Park. And then where else did you go? Where that was you, it. Oh, was, that was it. And then you went to Franklin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe that is what you it taught was. first grade, mm-hmm. right? And you were in first. I was in first my first year teaching, so I think we kind of that's probably where we did saw each other. Together. We were at the countywide things. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Those what? were a blast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. So, but now you're in Franklin. Yes. And you've been what uh, school are you at in Franklin Special? Franklin Elementary. And you love it. I love it. How long have you been there? And uh, this is my third year. Oh, okay. I feel like you've been teaching longer than that. Uh, well. Nine. Because how this next oh, year will so be my you were, year. I didn't realize you were at Highland Park for so many years. That was a yeah, long time. Yeah, six years at Highland, three years there. And what year or what grade are you in Franklin? Second grade, but next year I'll be teaching first grade. Oh, are you excited? So I just go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. What's your favorite? Second grade is my. 
Second grade is my favorite grade. First grade is my favorite for other reasons. It challenges me. It is hard Mm-hmm. to teach first grade mm-hmm. like it's hard mm-hmm. um so it's hard to teach first grade but it's the most rewarding I feel like so I taught one year second grade mm-hmm. my first year in Murfreesboro when I that was my first job and which it was a different demographic totally different kids right different situations but um and I was first year teacher so but looking back I'm like oh it was like more of like a review fun like they're kind of like they're way more independent uh-huh. and all of that. I mean, when you're in first grade, you get the, they're coming up as babies, like yes. literal babies. But I couldn't do kindergarten. Like, there's no way I could do kindergarten. I couldn't either. And that's what Carrie, you know, she teaches kindergarten at Mount Pleasant. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way. There's just no way. It's like as soon as you get them trained, they leave you. And yeah. so <laughs> you have to start all over. Then you start all over again. Yeah. It's like yeah. all that work for yeah. what? Yeah. And then I taught first grade for a long time. And you're right. I do. I, I loved it. It was very hard. But yes. very rewarding, especially in the beginning of the year when they are just, they're still so little. They are. I Up mean, until Christmas, it is a challenge. Yeah. It's just like classroom rules. Yeah. If I mean, and I've been out of it now for five years, and I still remember, like, it was just like, I remember the first day of school, it's like, just make sure you get everybody home safe. Yes. Like, that's the goal. Like That's your goal. I mean, you need to probably know their name, but like, just make sure that you get them to their destination. Yes. And, like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, you think about it. Other adults that haven't been in a classroom of, I don't know how many you have, 18 to 20 kids? Yeah. I mean, imagine. Yeah, they don't think about it. 18 to 20 kids. 18 to 20 sets of parents sending the love of their life to you. Uh-huh. You're responsible. No pressure. You no know? pressure at all. No pressure. No pressure. And so, that leads me to, that's why Cash isn't going to kindergarten yet. <laughs> Because oh I can't, goodness. I can't let him go. Is he five? Yeah, he just turned five last week. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. Uh, he has some maturing to do, like as far as like, I mean, he's social, and if everybody that sees him like on my Instagram and stuff, they're uh-huh. like, "What?" Like he's fine. Like he's 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 completely fine. <laughs> yes. But um, as far as like meeting new people and like going somewhere without me, and I've made him that way because I'm a helicopter. Yeah. But. There's pros to that too, yeah. Because I mean, like, he's very safe. He's, he's very, very, very safe. Very, safe, very weary of everyone, right? But I don't want to make him like anxious and like worried and nervous. But he is kind of like that about like meeting new people and stuff. But mm-hmm. he does. Go, he goes to school three days a week now. Okay. He's super comfortable there. He likes it, and he, you know, acts himself there. Uh-huh. So it's like I know he's capable of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, we're zoned for Riverside. And I'm like, I can't imagine going to drop him off in a few months. And like, and just leave him. I don't, I mean, I think it would, I'd be signing myself up for like just <laughs> something terrible because he would make it terrible. Uh, and I'm like, why well, do that if I don't have to? Yeah. So he's going to stay home one more year and he's going to do the same <laughs> program he's doing now. He's going to do it again with a yeah. different teacher. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to try to send him off with an advantage, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the longer you hold them out, the better. Andrew says that he'll be buying people beer when he's in middle school. And so he's kind (laughs) of concerned about that. Oh, God. (laughs) But I'm like, well, I I was 17 when I graduated high school. Yeah. And Cash is going to be 19. Wow. How old were you when you graduated? 18. That's like normal, isn't it? Yeah. Well. I had like just turned 18 When's your birthday? Oh, April. Yeah, you had just turned. Well, so Andrew, I guess he was probably 18 too. But I was young because my birthday was in September, and that's back when they would let you start when you're four. My mom's uh-huh. like, bye. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he'll be 19, and I'm just like, that means his whole senior year he'll be like a legal adult the entire time. Yeah. That's kind of scary. But then it's like kind of good because you have to think about his maturity now and then his maturity at middle school and then his maturity again in high school and then think about sending him off to college somewhere else or whatever he decides to do at 19 like yeah he'll be a grown-ass man you right. know he'll like, be a little bit more yeah more prepared and more yeah. ready to go than like and maybe he'll be cool with making new friends by then too yeah he'll like to make people yeah. maybe he can dual enroll at that <laughs> yeah. point yeah i'm sure everything will be online yeah let's let's uh, just you they'll know. probably have the teachers come to you then yeah um we won't even have jobs yeah, at that point. yeah yeah i know I it's so. it's wild but yeah he's he's something else and he's just he gives me a run for my money for sure just trying to figure him out um but I guess we'll move on to like current times okay um 
I'm assuming you're on like a leave of absence from just when you got sick. Currently, yes. I'm actually going back on Monday. Oh, for like a few days. <laughs> yeah, because I you, know. Am I crazy or what? Well, because when you, when she pulled up, I was like, I was like, how are you? You're you're pregnant. You're really, you know. I was like, you're really getting yeah, close. Yeah, you can't you can't hide it. it because how many weeks do you have? This thing is hanging out. Uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you're gonna go back to work. I'm, I know. It's so dumb. I don't know. Anyway, I'm obsessed with my class. I'm obsessed with my kids. And um, health benefits over the mm-hmm. summer. So mm-hmm. if I go for these last little nine days, it kind of locks me in for the summer. Yep. So worth it. Worth I it. I figure I can sit in a chair. They can push me around. Because how many days is it? Nine. Nine. Yeah, you'll be fine. I mean, because yeah. all the testing, all of that kind of stuff's done. Yeah. So you're just literally just keeping people yeah. alive, and, and it's just five days having kids, fun. It's like so. fun days. Yeah. I think I'll be fine. I think it. It's definitely worth the benefits for sure. Yeah. That's kind of how I did. Like when I had cash, because I was due May. Well, I think I was due May sixth, and so I like really timed that really well. Because I was like, oh, I want to like get out of school early, and then uh-huh. I don't. I'll have all the way off till. But I worked until. I really thought I I like I needed like all this time before I had him, like uh-huh. to have all his clothes washed uh-huh. and like all this just stuff that doesn't matter at all I thought I had to have all these things done so I think Mm -hmm. I took off like a week before my due date and then that was just kind of torturous because then I just waited around on him you know yeah (laughs) so I think it'll be good that you're working and then you're you're you have somewhere to go something to do and yeah but um I think you'll be good nine days um anything for nine days. oh yeah that's what I keep telling myself yes and how did Cause okay, so you've been at this current school for three years, uh-huh. and so twenty twenty two. So you taught one pre COVID year, right? Yes, and then well twenty twenty, and then COVID, the big year. Yeah. yeah. So, tell us a little bit about that. How was that? How was that roller coaster ride? Oh my gosh! So the my very first year there was twenty twenty. My dad had just passed away. He passed away July thirtieth. So I was supposed to go to work like the very first in service day that very next day. So that and he fe- passed away suddenly. This was not planned. Yes. Like I mean not planned, but you know what I mean? Nothing yes. expected. Oh yeah. yeah, we had no idea. So so that was a whirlwind. So that pushed me out a few weeks that year. And then um and then like I come back and we're teaching, you know, we're in the groove, and then they're like, school's shut down for the mm-hmm. whole year. So you're like, what in the world? So, 2020 was a hot mess. And then 2021, I went to first grade. And these are kids that had never had, like, a full kindergarten year. Yeah. And we didn't And what if they had never been to preschool either? So, like, they'd never really been anywhere. Right. Except with their parents. And (laughs) and so, so that was was a challenge. And we couldn't have carpets in our room. Because of germs? Yeah, and COVID and... They all had to be separated, and my, my district oh, did oh. not play. Like, they oh. did not play. Like, your carpets were packed up. I've kind of, like, up. forgotten about some of those rules. Like, that. so what did y'all do to keep kids apart? So, we only had, I had, like, 20 bazillion tables in my room, and only two kids at a table. The very far end, I couldn't have a carpet, and that is, like, uh, yeah, to a every teacher. teacher. You do everything like, at the carpet. I do yeah. everything at the carpet, especially first grade. And, um, so just had to get super creative that year. I remember I put dots all around my floor, like six feet apart. And so we called that our community circle and we just went back and forth between desks and numbers on the floor. And, you know, you just have to get super Did creative. you have to wear a mask? Yes. Did the kids have to wear masks? Kids had to wear masks in my district. We had to wear masks. It was, um, no small groups. You couldn't pull a small group. Um, so that was my second year. And then this current year, I looped with that class because I mm. fell in love with them. Yeah. Um, well, because you'd so, spent a lot of time on Zoom and stuff with them at that point, right? Because is that when, when it shut down, did you do a lot of online stuff with them? Or what did y'all do? That was a totally different group of kids. That was oh, the 2020 oh, oh, okay. group. So oh, okay. 2021 would be my first graders who hadn't had an, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hadn't had a full kindergarten year. Real year, yeah. So then we caught them up on first grade, and then we I looped to second with them. And then all this happened. So we've yet to have a full school year together. And, but you've been with them, those same kids, for two years. Mm-hmm. And that's special. Like that you've, you know. Yeah. Because what's the demographics like there? Is it similar to Murray County or no? I know it's like a, it's more inner city-ish. It is. Um, I would say it's 
comparable to to Woodard or, or oh, okay. Baker. Okay. Um, most families are affluent, um, but there's like a sprinkling of poverty. Yeah. Um, but totally different from my Highland Park days. My precious Highland Park yeah. days. Yeah. And Highland Park is my heart. Yeah. That, will, that school will always be my heart. So yeah. I love that place. Um, but yeah, so. It was crazy teaching in a pandemic. If you know a teacher, send them a gift card. <laughs> but I understand now why, like, you want to go back to them for these last nine days. Yes. I mean, you're not, you can't loop with them again. Yeah, and and they're my like, children. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that'll be special. Yeah. Probably, yeah. That'll be special. Um, stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. For the I might be bald Emotional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It's either going to be really happy or really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Siri talking to me. Okay. Or Alexa. It's, shh. One of these is always, always be talking to me. She's got all this technology always. in here, y'all. <laughs> always be talking to me. Um, okay, so let's talk about. I rem- so you got COVID in January. Yes. This is where she's got her notes, right? You have your notes. Oh gosh. Are these your dates? No, I'm, I'm still looking at your notes. I can pull up those dates, girl. Her sister done sent her like some flashcards. Kendall is. She's the. She's. The she's one. your manager. She's the one. Yeah. I got sick with COVID probably the 17th of January, um, but it was like normal COVID. Like, you know, I thought, no, I have a runny nose. Mm-hmm. Then it got a little bit crazy. Um, I was admitted to Murray the 23rd, and that's when it really turned up. Because do you know where you got it? Like, did you catch it at school or? I honestly don't know because I was wearing my mask at work. Um so, I didn't wear it to a basketball game. So, I could have gotten it at a basketball game. Because um, this is when things were pretty ramped up. I'm trying to, like, think back to January. You know, like, Yeah, it was, like, the Delta or whichever one was right. super dangerous. That's right. That's is the right. one that was, like, going around. That's right. And, um, and I was not super worried about it. I wasn't super worried about getting it because I was like, well, it's just like a runny nose. And I had already been kind of, like, congested anyway. But I had so many people and doctors tell me, like, well, you're pregnant, and it's, like, just, like, a nasal drip and, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it really turned up the 23rd. That's when I was admitted to Murray. Because how far along were you pregnant-wise? 18 weeks. Oh, gosh. Okay, so then, like, in, as far as, like, being precautious and stuff before you even got sick, do you feel like you were, like, anxious about even COVID in general, or probably not, because you had had to go to work and do all the things anyway. Right. So you kind of didn't really have that, not luxury, but you didn't really, you weren't able to really worry about it. Because no. you had to go do and be around kids. Like, right. Like, what can you really do? Right. When you're around kids all day, you just... Because, you know. like, I, me, I was, like, I was a basket case when it first all came about. Yes. You know, I was, uh-huh. pretty, I was pretty crazy about it. But I also think it would have been different if I had to go to work and I knew... I mean, yeah. it would have been, you know, I would over really worried like too yeah. much, but I think as we learned more about it and stuff, and then I, I kind of, I eased off and wasn't so anxious. And I was like, we have to live, you know, like we have to right. still do things, but I was very, I'm a rule follower and all of that anyway. Uh-huh. So I was like, they were telling us to do this and this and Adri's the opposite. So uh-huh. it was real interesting in our house to I see, imagine. yeah, to, because, and that was a good learning thing for he and I and like to figure out how to respect each other's thoughts and opinions on it because we were Mm -hmm. not in the same place at all right but um so I was just curious as how precautious you are but then as I say that I figure that when you're around kids there's only so much you can do I mean and you're they're bringing who knows what because they're doing who knows what wherever you know like I mean they're around their whole family and everybody's just doing the best they could but yeah Okay, so you... I wasn't super precautious, um, but I remember my district, my school district offered the vaccine in February of 2021, which my mom was diagnosed with cancer in January of 2021. So I had every intention on getting the vaccine with my my grade level at that time. Um, Then life went crazy, Um, you know, just... I don't even know the amount of time. It was like seven weeks, I think, from the time that she was diagnosed to the time that she passed away. So, that was just mass chaos, us Mm -hmm. taking care of her. And so, at that point, I just, I didn't get my vaccine. I missed the date. And then, and then it was like, okay, so we've got to plan a funeral. We've got to do all these things. 
And so life just got completely away. And then I had to go back to work. And then it was like grief, work, all these things. Like the vaccine was like the last thing yeah. on my mind. Um, and then and then I just... Well, you're probably like, I've already lost so much. Like nothing yeah. else is going to happen to me. Right. Like I can't, I literally, God knows I can't take anymore. Right. And so, um, so I never, I wasn't one of those people that was like, I'm not getting vaccinated. Yeah. But I wasn't one of those that was like knocking down the door either. Yeah. So. Um, so the 23rd, January 20th, well, you started feeling sick like the 17th and then by the 23rd, that's when you got really bad and you had to go to the hospital. Yes. I was like coughing up blood a little mm. bit. And um, so I called my doctor, and she was like, just go get a chest x-ray or whatever. So I went to, like, a right care or somewhere, just walk-in clinic, and got a chest x-ray. And they were like, you need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. So then, Like, could you, like, not breathe? Is that what you were just having a hard time taking a deep breath and stuff? Yeah, but I thought a lot of that was pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't know what it was. And so I thought, I can't breathe because I'm pregnant. But, um, but now you know yeah uh but anyway so went there got the chest x-ray and they were like yeah you have pneumonia you need to go to the emergency room and so i went to the emergency room and then they ended up releasing me because my oxygen was like it this was before the 23rd so um my oxygen was like 90 something but they were like if it ever gets below 90 you need to go to the hospital to be admitted so mm-hmm. i got one of those little finger thingies to for the oxygen it. and the night of the 23rd, I woke up and I couldn't breathe. And um, it was just super labored breathing. And checked my oxygen. And I was at like 82. And I was like, oh gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, were you like home alone? No, Andrews okay. was there. And so I was, I was freaking out. And um, I woke him up. And he's like, oh, you're fine. He's just completely not <laughs> yeah. worried about me at all. And, um, and so I'm like praying. I'm, like, just, like, taking deep breaths. I'm, like, calm down, you know, just, like, trying. trying to chill out. I got it to, like, 87, and that was as high as I could get it. And so I was, like, I'm not getting enough oxygen. The baby's Baby, definitely yeah. not getting enough oxygen. I have to go. And so um, so he dropped me off the 23rd. Because he, he probably couldn't go in. He couldn't go in, not into the ER. But once they admitted me, he came back. So oh, the okay. next day... Once I got in a room, he came back, so. And that was here at Murray. Mm-hmm. And then how many days were you there before? So, I was I was. Do you Murray. even know, or, do, like, you just go by what Kendall has told you? I remember the days at Murray, um, because I was, I was awake for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't remember all these other dates and things I'm going to tell you, I, I, like, you don't remember going to Centennial? No, not at all. Mm-mm. So, I was admitted on the 23rd. On the 25th um, is when they put me on the ventilator. So, between the 23rd and the 25th, they had me on, um, like, a high-flow, like, oxygen to try mm-hmm. and get my number up. That didn't work. Then they put this CPAP thing on me, which was, like, Darth Vader, scary. Oh, yeah. Breathing like, thing. Like, blows up your lungs. That, that was That sent me into, like, an anxiety attack. Um, and so they were like, you're going to wear this mask. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't anything. Um, for, and we're just overnight, we're going to watch you and see if it works. So they strapped this thing on me. I'm like crying. Like it was just, it was terrible. And then they tell him that we're going to move her up to the ICU and watch her with this mask on. You got to go. So I'm in the ICU. Oh, so that meant he couldn't go. He was, yeah, he was there the 23rd, like the 24th. And then, like, that night when they moved me up, it was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. They, like, moved me up um, to watch me on the CPAP. He couldn't stay. Mm-hmm. So, um, what did that feel like? Like, do you remember that? I remember. I was I was just destroyed. I, I just was so worried. And I'm going to be alone. Yeah, I was like, I just don't want to die. I remember just saying, like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. So, um so they watched me overnight with the CPAP, and it never, my oxygen just never quite got where it needed to be. And so then they come in a few hours later, and they're like, Lindsay, you were going to have to put you on the ventilator because the CPAP's not working. And I was like, no. That was like the one thing I was like, once you go on that ventilator, you don't, you don't come, come off, off of it. Yeah. Um, you know, from what I know, which isn't a lot, but I'm like, from most yeah. cases that I've heard, 
you get on the vent, it's over. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're there by yourself at this yes. point. Like uh-huh. your sister and Andres are not there yeah, to help like, you even make a decision. Not even make a decision. Yeah. And they're not really giving me a choice either. So it's like the middle of, they say they're going to watch me all night, but it wasn't, it was like three. Or, I mean, it was like super yeah. early in the morning. And um, so they were like, you're going to the vent. And I was like, well, can I call like my family? And so I call Kendall and I tell her and she's like, no, like you're not. And I was like, I don't have a choice. Like I have to. Um, I was like, so just, I love you. Like, you know. Because once I put, you, I mean, you're not awake, right? When they put you on the ventilator, you go to sleep. Like they put yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like, they put you to sleep. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, this is it. You know, like if I wake up, I wake up, you know, kind of thing. So I call Kendall. Tried to call Joe, called Antrez. Both of them are like, no, do not. And I'm like, you know, I can't help it. And so it was just kind of like an, like a goodbye for mm-hmm. me. And then I was like, I got to get off this phone because I got to pray. Yeah. <laughs> like I get, I got to go to heaven if I, if I don't make it through this, you know? And so. Um, Did you know any of the people at Murray Regional that were like helping you at the time Mm-mm. you didn't I just no. didn't know if you ended up knowing anybody like that no, was there not in the ICU I did when I was um in the room um Jessica um Hughes well that's her maiden name Jessica Bowling now maybe mm-hmm. she was one of my nurses and so she took really good care of me um but no I can and, see how that would be make things even more complicated like I can't imagine like being a nurse and then somebody that I know coming in and having to tell you know do this to them for them whatever you know right so so once they put me on the vent I just remember like praying like you know what did they tell you before they were just like we're gonna do this and then you'll wake up like they just they didn't really say anything they they, just because they don't want to give you any false hope they probably just say I'm just, I don't know. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around, like, they just say, okay, you're going to go to sleep, and, like, maybe in a couple days, we'll I don't know. Yeah, they don't give you any sort of time frame, nothing. It was just, like, you know. It was very emergent, though. Like, they were like, we got to do this now. Yeah, they were like, you know, if we don't, whatever. I had to sign a paper that was, like, pretty much understanding that McKenna is probably not going to make it, um, that this is, like, a last option for me to be able to make it myself. So I had to like sign papers understanding um, that she's probably not going to make it and that, you know, this was kind of like a last option. And so, which otherwise I felt fine other than just labored breathing. Yeah. Um, And so, so I remember praying like I had never prayed before in my life. And then that's all I remember. And then you just fell asleep, I guess. I fell asleep and I dreamed. I dreamed from the moment that happened until the moment they woke me up in the ICU and I had no idea where I was or how many days later was what had happened um I think I woke I think the first day I remember waking up which I wasn't completely coherent was February 12th so it had been like two weeks yeah but then I was in and out of sedation so I know, like, Valentine's Day, I was, like, out of it. I, like, came to and made a Valentine's post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea Rem- like, remember that, like, the it. whole town thought I was dying. The whole town thought, had, like, been praying for me. And they're like, Lindsay is posting on Facebook. Yes, yes. I had said, and, like, I like, made some cheesy little posts because, like, the nurse brought me, like, a teddy bear that Antres had, like, like, snuck in there like a criminal to the <laughs> ICU. And I was like, oh, crap, it's Valentine's Day. I forgot, like... Like, I just didn't, yeah. I don't know. I had no idea. You didn't know what day it was? No, I had oh. no idea. I was in Nashville. I had no clue. So I was like, I better make a, a Facebook post. That's what I got to do right that's now. that's what's important. That's what I got to do right now. And so people were commenting like, Lindsay, is this Lindsay? And I'm like, what in the world is wrong with these people? Because did you not realize that everybody even knew you were sick? No, I had no clue. Because like your sister and Andrea's nobody had really told you. They were no, just like. They couldn't come. I couldn't have visitors. When you've been asleep. Yeah, I've been asleep. Dreaming crazy stuff. I mean, my dreams. I, well, you need a whole podcast on my dreams, girl. Because you remember them? I remember every single one of them. And to this day, I still have to decipher if it was real or if it was a dream. Like, it was... It was crazy. Like, hallucinations. Girl, I saw the craziest things. Like, just... It was just insane. But... Did but they yeah. have any, like, hard times with you? Like, trying to, like, wake <laughs> up or anything? Yes, I was a maniac. Um, well, because I know... I remember... Because I was... I was like following 
very closely. Like uh-huh. everything Kindle wrote, I was on there. You know, I was trying to make sure I was kept up to date. And that was what everybody in Columbia was doing. Like yeah. we were all, if it wasn't for Kindle, like we, she did such a good job at keeping everybody updated. And um, I just remember being like, I lost my train of thought. We were talking about me posting on Valentine's Day randomly. Yes, and I was like, this has to be Kendall. Like, I mean, or like, <laughs> Lindsay has told Kendall to do this, right. or like, Kendall's there with Lindsay. And uh-huh. then, because then it was like, yeah, you did that, and then you just kind of went back off again. Yeah. And then, because so, Kendall made him take my phone away. Oh, because <laughs> she, like, she was like, she's posted on she Facebook. Was like, we don't need take to take her phone. I remember, like, because she was probably like, I was like, hold my phone like this, and I couldn't, like, I had no strength. So my hands are like shaking, and I'm like, my eyes are squinty and, and you're like here it is I'm like trying to type like something halfway decent on there and then I just remember everybody being like freaking out yeah like and I had no idea why I, I had absolutely no idea and I still didn't know because then they just put me right back to sleep so then when I, it was just like every why time they I put you right back to sleep because you were just oh that's what I was getting at was like Kendall said that she was like you would get dramatic with them and stuff. yes uh-huh. and so that's why they had to like keep kind of keep you sedated yeah because I would like stress myself out yeah yeah that's well, they didn't do a great job of explaining yeah well and like there was <laughs> a lot to explain yeah there was a lot to explain and you're by yourself yeah like, and I'm already dramatic and so same same yeah so they just kind of had to keep you sedated just so I would not like my heart rate would go flying yeah. and all kinds of different things yeah. so so then on the vet oh we haven't even gotten to like getting you to Centennial yet no so the same day I went on the ventilator I went to Centennial so they put me on the vent early that morning like three o'clock that morning about four thirty that afternoon they call Kendall and they say the ventilator is not really making that huge of a difference. We feel like she needs the last level of life support, which is ECMO. And we think she needs to go to another hospital to receive it. So, Because they didn't have it here they or they don't do it here? They don't have it here at all. Oh, okay. So, Marvino does not have ECMO. And so, um, so they, she had like a list of hospitals. One was like St. Thomas. Um, Centennial, and there was somewhere else. And I was think I was supposed to go to St. Thomas. We'll have to double check with the boss, but mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I was supposed to go to St. Thomas. Um, but then she ended up calling my friend Jordan McGee and mm-hmm. her husband Chase McGee. They both mm-hmm. are nurses at um, Centennial. So this was up to Kendall to find a place for you to go. Well, they kind of like let her choose, you know, kind of like like th- they were going to take you at either one, but she had yes. to call and like set this up. Well, I think she just kind of had to say, like, you know. We would rather do this one. Yes. Okay. And so, St. Thomas was going to be, like, a little bit later or something. Um, and so, they, they planned, like, this prayer vigil. And then. Um, yeah, that was that night. Like, I went to that. And that was that day that you're saying that you went, you light, you were life-lighted. Because yes. I remember while we were at the prayer vigil, that's when they put you on ECMO. Yes. It, it was, like, probably, I feel like we were there probably, like, 7 o'clock or something like that. And. I just they called Kendall then, and she had to make a decision so, at the prayer vigil, right, with everybody there, with everybody there, and yeah, and so some something between that happened, and Chase and Jordan were like real life angels on earth, and they ended up like pulling some strings, and they, which hospital are they at? Centennial. Oh, okay, and they and then they end up Centennial calls and. They're like, we're here. They're on the tele, like they were on the pad waiting on me, and so she was like, send her to, to mm-hmm. Centennial. They're there and they're ready. Send her to Centennial, and so that's when they life lighted me to Centennial on the twenty fifth, and then that night is when y'all had the prayer vigil, and um, so she decided to wait a few days to put me on ECMO. I went on ECMO on February the fourth, I think. Um. Yes, February the 4th is when I got put on ECMO, and I was on it for 11 days. And that's the thing that it takes your blood out and back in or something? Yes, so it it does the work of your lungs and your heart. So I was on the vent and ECMO, so, like, I was, like, not keeping myself alive at this point. So the blood was coming out of me into this machine, filtering out the carbon dioxide, and then putting it back in. Um, And so... 
they they said that I could have been on that for like six to eight weeks, um, but I ended up only being on it for eleven days. So that that alone was a was a huge deal, um, but. Well, just the fact that they had the machine, they had the bed. Like, I remember that being a thing. Mm-hmm. It was, like, that there was a bed there and a machine. and um, But I guess, like, so you were just, you were progressing, but you had to stay on the ventilator, but you got off the ECMO in 11 days where you were staying on the ventilator. Or did you wake no, up for I, both? I got off the ventilator before I got off. When they clamped my ECMO, so um, I was on ECMO for, I was dependent of it for 11 days. And then they had to clamp it for 48 hours to be sure I could... In case you needed it. Yeah, yeah. survive without it. Um, and so when they clamped it, that's when they removed the ventilator. Oh, so that okay. all happened on the 15th. So the Right after your Facebook post. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I was on a vent and on ECMO when I posted to the world. So everybody, go check out my Valentine's Day post. It's my finest work. Oh I want you to gosh. envision me with my eyes squinting. That's and hilarious. That's how much I love you. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. It is. Oh, it's, it's like it's totally funny now. Uh, like those nurses. The and I bet I Kendall, as soon as she saw that you posted, she was probably like, "What is going on?" She yeah. Was like, like somebody take her phone. Somebody take her, get phone, her phone. Yeah. Get her phone. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad because there is no telling what else I would have said. Yeah. Cause, well, because you weren't there. I mean, you were out no, of your head, out no. way out of your head. And I dreamed just crazy things, and I was talking crazy. To those nurses. It was just. Were you naughty? Were you bad? I was bad. Oh. I'm a bad patient. <laughs> A very bad patient. Like, like, were you mean to him? I wasn't mean. Okay, as a matter so, of fact. So, there's this one girl who... Oh, my. Okay. So, we were having a disagreement about the restroom because I felt like I was fine. I was ready to hop up and go. Okay. Little did I know I could not walk. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, anything. Yeah. And I want to go to the bathroom. Well, she told me I was going to have to use, like, a bedpan. Mm. And so, I ended up asking her, are you single? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I can see why. Like, you just want me to pee right here in this bed? Like, you're gross. Nobody wants to be with you. Nobody wants to be with you. I was like, just the craziest things. I mean, just, oh, gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. Poor lady. They said they would walk by my room, and I would just be talking and pointing. Like, you were doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I I saw people, like, hiding in my room. Oh, my God. How scary, though. But, like, do you remember being scared, or do you Yeah, I was terrified. And, and it was like, I know that it's not, not real, real but, but it feels like it's real. So on my phone, I have pictures like of my, of my room where I would be like taking pictures of things you thought so you I saw. could zoom in and be sure it wasn't like a person. What yeah. did you think people were doing in there? Well, I had a hallucination one time somebody was in there smoking mm. and I was like, I'm on oxygen. Get out of here. Like, Get out of here. <laughs> Um, and then, and then it was one time it was like, somebody was just like in the corner of the room, like in like a hoodie, but was like covered up. And so I was like, somebody's in that corner. <laughs> like you're like, trying to tell somebody. Yeah, I was like, were you, but were you like, it was wasn't like, people you knew? Like you no. can't, it didn't look like people that you knew? No, not really. And so I would, I made the nurse go unstack like this back corner. So I, it could be proven that, you know, They're whatever. Really, yeah. My favorite story though is. I had dreamed that I died, like, over and over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. just, like, crazy, crazy dreams. But I had, like, this, like, soap opera dream where, like, this girl was, like, after me and, like, tried to, like, chop me up and all this stuff. And then and uh, one time we were, like, underwater. And in my dream, I, like, Kim Possible, like, got behind this, like, computer desktop and, like, FaceTimed Kendall and was, like, mouthing, like, she is trying to kill me, you know, kind of thing. And so, anyway, that actually happened in real life. Like, I woke up, saw my ECMO, like the blood coming out of my leg, and went ape in there. Yeah. And made them call Kendall. They had to call Kendall, so I would call them. Because you thought somebody, you thought something bad was happening. I FaceTimed Kendall, and the nurse is standing right there holding the phone, and I was like, she shot me in the leg. (laughs) And I was convinced that the nurse shot me in the leg. And that's where the blood was coming from. And that's where the blood was coming from. So, Kendall said she was in Target. On the phone, having like, to figure out how to calm you down on FaceTime, all these people. She's like, "You're not shot. Like, <laughs> calm down." Oh my god! So I'm telling you. I mean, they really could write a book on me. But can you imagine what they see in here? Like, no, I, I can't. And I couldn't be the craziest that no, they've ever oh, seen. No, 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 couldn't have been. Uh, that leads like to I was. I said, "Tell us about your sister," because I want I want a Kindle. Like I'm like, 
she's just what's the age difference between y'all 19 months oh really close i didn't yeah. realize y'all were that close i don't know what i thought y'all were but and then your your brother is younger than you yes he's nine years younger than me oh, nine years yeah so he was a surprise baby oh so he grew up with three mamas yeah pretty much mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense. Yes. So. I, didn't, I didn't realize that you and Kendall were so close in age and that he was so far. Yes. That's yes. wild. Yeah. Um, so you, like you and Kendall have just always been really close? Or... Yes. We've been best friends our whole lives. We've always shared rooms. Um, Y'all weren't if... in the same grade though? No. She was two grades, grades. ahead of me. Um, she went early and I was like normal. So mm-hmm. I stayed back. But um, yeah, so we we just have been inseparable our whole entire lives. So, honestly, I couldn't live without her. Like, I really don't know. There's, like, I think she's, like, the one person in the world that, like, I literally couldn't live you without. You have to have. Yeah. yeah so, I can see that. But, yeah, she, she, like, was a rock star, and everybody's like, Kendall's amazing. I was like, I know. When she, I don't even, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know you super duper well, right. but I know you well enough. Like, if I see y'all out, I'm like, hey, you know. Yeah. Um, but Kendall, I didn't even know her that well. I would just probably smile. Right. And she, uh. <laughs> But she, she did. She did so, so good. I mean, just holding it together because I just kept thinking all of the things that y'all have already been through in the past, how long? Like three years. Yeah. I was going to say two, two, three years. Like, I don't even know how you're still hanging on anyways. She has two small children. Mm -hmm. Does Kendall work? Yes. She has a Mm -hmm. job. She has a, you know, like I just know what it takes, like what life takes. Right. And then on top of that her responsibility to you or you know not that she wanted you know she wanted to but it's just like I can't imagine being faced with those decisions and that's what we were all saying that night at the vigil is like uh me Kelsey King and I don't remember there wasn't a lot of people there that I knew but um it was just like can you imagine being faced with that because like flip the script and like what if you're having to make those decisions for her you know yeah I couldn't I mean but you'd have to yeah I mean you would have to, and you would have to just pray through it and hope and know that you're doing the right thing. And I think that, I don't know. Like, do you think, how is she doing? Like, how is she doing since all of it? She's good. She She's is. good, yeah. She has, like, a little PTSD about the whole situation, but who doesn't at right, this point? Right, right. <laughs> uh, but she's good. Um, she, you know, every day she's like, I tell her, like, when I woke up with that thing in my neck, that trach, I thought I was going to have a voice box. And then oh, I was mad. Like I was the, like, Kendall, like, the smoking commercials. Yeah, like, that, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, Kendall, you probably should just let me go. <laughs> you should just let me go. But, um, but we joke about that now. Like, yeah. if you have a voice box, no, it's totally fine. No, no, no shame. No shame. You no shade it. thrown at you. No shade. No shade. <laughs> but I was just like, no. But anyway, she was like, no. She kept telling me every time, it's temporary. It's temporary. I asked. I mm-hmm. asked them. So, anyway. But- How does that work, like, as far as, uh, because you aren't you weren't married yet, or, like, your parents weren't here. So, do you have that written down that your sister makes these decisions for you? Um, at the hospital, you have to write an emergency contact. And so. And that's the person. At Murray. So, Kendall was my first, and then Andres was my second. So, they called her first. With all that information. So, she... I was just curious, because I'm like, I mean, obviously, I guess by default, Andrew would make Andrew those would, decisions. Yeah. But then, I don't I don't know. And then, like, do you have, did you have, like, a will or anything? No. No. Like, mm-hmm. we don't either. I mean, we're, you know, yeah. we're just in our 30s, you yeah. know? Like, we don't <laughs> yeah. plan for things like that. Yeah. But it just makes you think about stuff like that, that you, and now that you're going to have a baby, yeah, it's like, if something were to happen, then you have to... Yeah, so... So, McKenna was the first baby to be on ECMO at Centennial. At this point, though, they had already, you had already, I mean, they were checking on the baby, but it was like, that was not the priority. The priority was like, we have to keep Lindsay alive or there's no baby, obviously. So, um, but you probably weren't with it enough to really worry because you didn't really know. Yeah, I wasn't worried. I mean, I had no idea, but Kendall, Kendall was, and said the 26th, after I got to Centennial, she requested an ultrasound. And they did one, and I was completely paralyzed, completely out of it. And McKenna is just in there, happy as can be, swimming around, just oh my gosh, completely normal, you know. And it's just so crazy to think about. And um, and so they gave her zero hope. You know, they gave me fifty percent, but they gave her zero hope. 
And so just the fact that she is literally alive and like five pounds in my stomach right now, like is an absolute miracle. How often, like since you went through all of that, like do you have to go to the doctor more often for her or? Yes. um, I was already going um, to like a high risk doctor also. Mm -hmm. And so now I just, I mean, I go, I go here every day. We just go every other day or so. Literally, (laughs) I'm at a doctor's office every day. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I do. I go see my high-risk doctor once a week and my normal OB once a week. But that's like reassuring. Like you get to check on her and all of that. Yeah. And so you're three weeks out and is it scheduled? Scheduled C-section. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best. I can can plan that. Yep. You can plan that. Like Cash was a C-section baby, but it wasn't scheduled. But now if I ever have another one, I'm like kind of looking forward to the fact that it'll be scheduled right i'm like this will be so nice yeah i'll have my hair done i'll have everything in order everything will be in order and we'll be ready for it so that'll be so when is your date june 8th oh yes are you ready like you have everything i mean you're so ready right you have everything done (laughs) there's like three more things on my honey-do list that's not bad yeah but they're probably big well, not really. He's like, it takes an hour. And I'm like, okay, well, you had three weeks. So. Yeah. But he's done really good about all my other projects. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get on this. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it then is. you'll realize, like, the stuff that you think is important was, like, not even important. I know. Because, like, she's not even going to be in there. No. But you still need it ready. Just because yeah. you want it ready. Yeah. Because you want it ready. Yeah, I have you to want have it ready. ready. No, I get it. I was the same way. Um, do you have any, like, long-term effects just from, like, the trach or the ventilator or any of that? The trach, no. Um, they would give you, like, the speech valve, and you did sound like Darth Vader oh. at first. And so I was really scared about that at first. But then they, But that was the, right after they took it out? Oh, or no, that was when it was, it was in. in. So That's what you sounded like. I couldn't really communicate the whole time, really. Like, I just had to, like, talk, like, mouth, and you had to mm-hmm. read my lips. Um, but then towards the end of my hospital stay... They changed out the speech valve for a bigger one. And then that was more like my voice. But then the day that they actually took the trach out, which was just like a two-second, like, pop out, Mm -hmm. put a Band-Aid on it, I could speak, and I sounded just like myself. It was the craziest Is that Is that typical, or? I think so. Because, I mean, they weren't, like, shocked or anything. But I was like, oh, my God. I finally, Stella's got her groove back. It's in my voice. (laughs) That's crazy. And, like. That makes me wonder, like, whenever you woke up or whatever, did you have any trouble, like, talking or thinking or... I couldn't speak, so that I think that's really why I kind of freaked out, because... Like, your brain was trying to talk, but your mouth... But nothing would Or your out. mouth was moving, but nothing, nothing, no sound. Yes. So, you're, like, trying to find out, like, and ask questions, and you can't. And so... And then, just, like, did you write anything down? Did they give you anything to write, like, in the movies? I couldn't, because of my hand, like, I couldn't write... I tried to write, but I couldn't write because my hand, I had no, like, strength. So, it was traumatizing. And then, like, because you had been like that for however many weeks, and then how did you reintroduce, like, eating? And, well, I didn't for the longest. Um, I was on a feeding tube, and then, um, and then they were like, we're going to try and do, like, soft foods. Mm-hmm. And so, then I, I did, like, applesauce and stuff like that. And I had to do, like, a swallow test. Like, they have to, like, they put you under, like, an ultrasound thing almost. And they watch you eat and make sure everything mm-hmm. is going down your throat mm-hmm. the correct way. Um, and so, once you pass that test, then you go to, like, the next level of food. And then, finally, they're like, okay, you can eat. But you're eating with a trach. So, it's not like you're eating, like, normal. So, it just took a lot out of you just to even... Yeah. Like, try to eat. So, how long do you feel like it was until you could, like, go to Chick-fil-A? That probably... I probably had, like, a week in the hospital where I could eat what I wanted. So, it was probably six weeks of not eating what I wanted. And one week of eating whatever I wanted. And, I'm like, what are they even... What were they giving you? You know, it's like, what were they giving you to sustain life? Like, girl, just some, like funky like powdered eggs or something like in a tube <laughs> yes. like they're just like fe- yes can you imagine and then I started getting like sick and they're like why and I was like it's because you're feeding me <laughs> trash trash <laughs> and giving me all kinds of pain medicine mm-hmm. and I was like just give me like a Chick-fil-A sandwich yes, yes. I'll be fine my Look, body is used to that put it in the blender <laughs> right blend that mess up <laughs> like we will pop right back I promise 
Like, y'all got some nuggets? Like, give me something. Yes, that's yeah. what I would have been calling yeah. for. I would have been calling for that. Oh, gosh. But, oh. yeah, so. And your leg. Like, you had some nerve damage in just one leg, right? Yes. And how did that, like, how, where do they think that came from? Just in your leg. Well, it's my left leg, and I still have the issue. Um, it's I'm completely numb from mid-quad to mid-calf on the front of my leg. Uh, like, no sensation at all. So, um, we still don't have a solid answer. Um, I just recently did a nerve test here in Columbia at, at the Bone and Joint Clinic, and they're thinking it could be a pinched nerve in my back, mm-hmm. um, but we can't do an MRI until after I have McKenna. But then the ECMO doctors think it's neuropathy, and then I've had doctors tell me that it's critical illness neuropathy, uh, just from being in the ICU for mm-hmm. so long, and I was prone for so long. I was on my stomach for you know, a very long time and then they flip me over and then they flip me over. So no one really knows, but, um, and it's like, you don't know if it'll really be resolved because you don't, it's right now you just got to wait and get McKenna and then, and then just do an MRI and see if it's the nerve. Cause if it is a pinched nerve, what can they do? I think they can, they say there's ways they can treat it. Oh, they've all been hopeful with all the, my possible diagnosis Mm -hmm. that it will return. It's just going to take on a while. Um, and, you know, there's always the chance that it doesn't. So, I go to physical therapy to build my muscles up just so I could walk. Mm-hmm. That was, like, my thing. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I have to be able to walk without a walker. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so build my muscles up so I could walk. And um, I was like, I'm just going to have to get used to the numbness for now because, I mean. You there's know, nothing you can do. Yeah, I have a child coming. Like, yep. life's got to roll along. Yeah. So. So we're still waiting on answers for the leg. So if you see me walking with a gangster lean, it's just one of them days. It's just one of those things. <laughs> one of them days. <laughs> it's what I say. Uh, how how has this changed your life? I don't know if you listen to the podcast at all, but what is your giddy up? Like mm-hmm. what keeps you going? And uh, and I feel like that kind of goes along with uh, just this whole your whole story. And I know it's a loaded question too, but like, how has this changed your life? Um, it has changed my life in more ways than one for sure um i've always had strong faith um always my brother was diagnosed with down syndrome in the womb and so i kind of got to see my mom like fight through prayer for that and for healing um for that and i was in the third grade i'll never forget that like going to school and be like god healed my brother and so i remember like just being around that and that kind of set me up for like really strong faith but then when i went through everything with my mom seeing her fight and, and you know and she was you know like not she's like I'm not having chemo I'm not you know God wants me to be healed he'll heal me kind of thing and so I kind of fought with God a lot on that because you know I believed with everything in me that he would heal her because she had no reason to be sick you know whatever and so I believed full-heartedly that he would heal her and when he didn't or he didn't heal her in the way that I thought that he would mm-hmm. I kind of like lost some faith so, um, so if, so if the biggest thing that it did is it solidified my faith. I, bl- I know now that God answers, he answers in different ways, but he is possible. And when he says like, you're going to be okay, that you're going to be okay. And so I have a solid faith. Like, Cause coming from losing your dad and going through that with your mom yes, and then going through her being sick and then losing her and then. So you do feel like you, because I just can't imagine not wrestling with all of that, you know, oh, like yeah. in, especially like, I mean, your dad, okay, that was the first thing, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like your mom, it's like, really? And then it's like, then you're super sick and it's right. like, what is going, you know? Right. Um, and you're pregnant, like you have this, this beautiful baby. Yeah, and it's waited just, so long to get yes, to where I am. Yes. And just all the things just felt like they're crashing down and it is, but what a testament like just to know that you I mean I think it built a lot of people's faith you know like um and our hope and just because we were we were all hopeful Mm -hmm. but also realistic too it's like they were saying 50% chance I don't think they were telling us that then you know like they weren't telling all of us that but like I don't even think that we probably thought you had that much of a chance right you know so when things were starting to go up it's just kind of like you're waiting on things, something bad to happen. And like, yeah. but it, it's a miracle. Like, yeah, two miracles. Sure. You and McKenna. And McKenna. Miracles. Yeah. Like, and so, um, 
So you just think it's just really strengthened your faith and solidified it from yes. anything that you had questioned. Yes. Like, I mean, I feel like solid faith, like, I believe that God, you know, if he wanted to, like, split this room in half, that he would. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I just, I believe that. I just, I have solid faith in that. And I have my heart for people that are in the hospital and seeing the outreach of the community and how that literally carried us. I mean... Mm-hmm. carried us and so now if anybody is sick if anybody is like going through I'm like we have to do something because I mean literally it, it carried us from mm-hmm. the gas to the food to the the prayers just everything and so um yeah and so. a lot of time like people don't know what to do you know like yeah. you just don't know what to do and that is a tangible way to just and I know on Facebook last night you said that you have a cousin or... Well, it's Andres' cousin, but Chastity Scott. Because I want you to plug that here. Yeah. Like, yeah. if anybody wants to help her out. Like, because yeah. she's... So, she's going to be in the hospital for at least three weeks, right? Yes. Uh-huh. In Nashville. In Nashville. And her family lives here. So, Family's they're going to be here. driving back and forth every single day. And yeah. gas is just, what, four sixteen a gallon? I right. Mean, no, no big, big deal. deal. Um, and she has other kids? Mm-hmm. Two others. I mean, so... Yeah, gas cards, mm-hmm. uh, any kind of, what else would you, like, recommend? Like Uber Eats and DoorDash. Because, will they deliver to the hospital? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So, she said that those things would be helpful. But the second I posted that last night, in I mean, just... An influx. Yeah. Like, our, I love our community. I love our town. And just the, the amount of people who don't even know her. Right. You know. But that, they know you, and so they care. Yeah. yeah and, they care. you know, and it's just like, it's awesome. And the strangers that I see on the street every day that are like... You're Lindsay. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I do. And they're like, yeah. And it's just like the people that I don't even know that were praying for me, you know, um, that that means everything to me. So what do you think your parents think right now? Like, what do you think? that? What do you think they're thinking slash doing? Like, I don't know what heaven's like, but, you know, what I, do you what do you think they're doing? I think Lisa Boshears was like on Jesus, like, you know, OK, you can test her this far, but, mm-hmm. you know. You can't go any farther. Yeah. And I dreamed about them a lot, too. Um, I dreamed that they were with me, you know, yeah. during a lot of it. So, um, but yeah, I think I think that they're proud now, um, you know, that we're just, on the other I side. just want God to get the glory, I, right. you know, and so I think that makes them proud, but, um, you know, it's just kind of like, now, you know, you can give it to somebody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you well, did your thing. I'm yes, good. Yes, yes. Pass the, the baton. Yes. I'll be happy to. Yes. Um, so, what's next? I know you have, obviously, the baby's due in three weeks. Yes. But you're also engaged. I'm engaged. So, have y'all, are y'all have plans for that? Or are you just kind of riding it out for a little while? Or what are you thinking? We're just kind of riding it out right now. Yeah. Um, you know. No rush. No rush. No. Probably no rush. next year. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy yeah. being engaged. Yes. Enjoy a newborn. Like, enjoy yeah. having a baby. Like, yeah. there's no rush. There's always yeah. time to get married. Yeah. Because um, all, all of it goes by so fast. It does. I it mean, just flies. She'll be five. And you'll be like, she can't go to kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I'm locking her down. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a wild feeling. Like, because coming from the classroom, I'm like, these parents are crazy. You know, these parents are just crazy. Uh-huh. And now I'm said parent. Yeah, you know? I will be that parent, I'm too. the crazy parent yeah. that's like... Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. So uh, right here with yeah, me. Yep, yeah, because as long as I keep him right here, he's safe. Yeah, and that's totally not true. But it's I what it, it's what I believe. You know. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm just thankful that you shared your story, and I feel like I can speak for all of Columbia, Tennessee, <laughs> all of us, uh, and we're just so happy for you and the way that this has turned out, and we just can't wait to watch the rest of everything unfold and see McKenna and yes. just just see it all so we're just we're very excited for you and oh, thank thankful. you and thank Thanks you for, for being me. open because I think that just you sharing your story will like we said build faith for others yes so thank you Lindsay thank you thank y'all for being here if you have not subscribed to the show make sure you do that on the purple podcast app and on Spotify Also, I'd appreciate it if you would leave a written review um, and five stars.